Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SWAT radio program on Wednesday, September 21st. I'm David Gray in today for Brad Sykes, although I guess we can stop saying that, right, Doug? We're yeah. kind of in- interchangeable. Yeah, you and Brad are very interchangeable there. No, Brad had something come up and yeah. he couldn't be here, and so uh, I called you, and I was faithful as you are you're just well i'm happy to be here as always and we just heard on the end of the news tomorrow's the first day of fall and uh i was thinking about that right as i was pulling in the parking lot that it's september 21st and remember when we were kids you know you'd hear adults say where does the time go or the time goes by so fast and when you're a kid you just think oh that's just something adults say because when you're a kid time seems to go by slow now I know what all those people meant, man. The time just flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And uh, it, it it seems like the older you get, the faster the clock ticks, right? I mean, uh, the older you get, the faster it gets. Hey, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, there's a couple of things going on personally. Today is my daughter-in-law Stephanie's uh, birthday. So happy birthday, Stephanie. Happy birthday, Stephanie. Uh, mother to my three grandsons, Luke, Kieran, and Noah. So uh, happy birthday to her. And I want to ask everybody to be praying for my daughter, Rachel. Rachel is under the knife in Gainesville right now. Right now. Uh, started about 9 this morning. And uh, it's pretty expen- extensive. And expensive, too, probably. <laughs> uh, extensive back surgery. Uh, they're fusing her spine T1 down to L5, mm. so um, it, it is going to be a you know a little bit of a journey for her in the recovery. So pray for her, and um, yeah, I just uh, Lori's down there with her. I wish I could be there. I'm going to see her tomorrow. Mm. She comes out of surgery in the next hour. Everything and, keeps is going good right now. But, okay, so you're I getting mean, updates. Yeah, time, that is man. a long time in, but you know. I know these doctors are unbelievable, and they go through. I mean, some can you surgeons, imagine? David, yeah. I mean, like cutting open a body and and doing things with nerves and blood vessels. I know. It's it's unbelievable. It really is when you think about the and the, and the length of the surgery and and even though it's long, I'm not shortchanging that at all. I know that sometimes these guys are in surgeries for 15, 16 hours, right? I yes. mean, and so. It's yeah, you're right. It is incredible, and and prayers for for Rachel well, and, and for you guys. And this isn't her first rodeo. No, I mean, it's Rachel not. is our daughter who had a heart transplant, and if you think six hours is long, she was in there a lot longer mm, with a heart transplant. Right, right. So, uh, but but God continues to provide for her, and uh, I just see His hand all over her, and mm. it's a really a, a cool thing. Yep, um, it's quite a story what she's been through from the time she was. A little kid, and that you guys adopted her. Oh and my her, gosh! Her yeah. heart transplant. I remember, like speaking of the time going by fast, it seems like yesterday. Yeah. That you were talking to me about her being on the heart. I didn't transplant even know you that well. No. Then, man. Compa- yeah. How many years ago was that? When yeah. did she have the? Well, she had the transplant seven years ago. Right, and and but you were probably talking to me about it for a year and a half to a couple years before that uh-huh. because she was on the list for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know, you know, Governor Newsom, that staunch 
protector of people's rights and values out in California. I'm joking, right? Uh, anyway, uh, he's now got billboards out in conservative states like Florida and other places that tells women, if you want an abortion, we're ready to help. We'll fly you out. We'll take care of you. I mean, like, and then has the nerve to quote Mark 12, 31, love your neighbors yourself. Mm. I, I Just stop and think for that. I have heard more progressive liberals who could care less about the word of God, quote the word of God in the last year than mm-hmm. I ever remember. Yeah. yeah. And they, they quote it, but they don't understand yeah. what it says. But, you know, um, Jim Dennison, who puts out a, a really good uh, uh, daily article, he's like, I, I call him uh, Al Mohler light because Al Mohler puts out paragraphs. Jim Dennison puts out little sentences yeah. about stuff. But anyway, he makes a good point. He said, because he's from Texas, he says, you know, um, and, and before we start jumping on the Bash California bandwagon, which your wife is from California. Yeah, but so she'd, be the listening, first, she'd be the first one to yeah, bash. Don't if worry. If you're listening uh, out there, uh, sweet woman, do not uh, assume I'm saying anything bad about California. This is, this is actually interesting to me that Texas, according to the Census Bureau data, I didn't even know they tracked this, Dallas, Texas, is the number one city for infidelity in marriage in the country. Hmm. Dallas, Texas. And um, maybe that's what's wrong with the Cowboys. You know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but get this. You know what some of the most faithful cities were? Pasadena, California. Torrance, California. Roseville, California. Visalia, California. Some of the most faithful People in their marriages are in California. Interesting, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, I know, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. I was going to make, yeah, I know, depending on where those towns are, I know there's certain areas. One, two, and three are in Texas. Fort Worth is second. Houston is third. Yeah, I, I was talking about the, the towns you were mentioning in California. There are there are bastions of um, conservatism, let's put it that way, within the state of California, certainly. Yeah. Well, not uh, not that conservatism equates to fidelity necessarily. <laughs> Let's well, not, no, yeah. well, no. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to go. It there, doesn't but. always do that, but you know, it's just interesting. Before we start casting stones, it's kind of kind of wild when you stop and think about it. But another uh, survey came out. By the way, if you're just tuning into SWAT, uh, if you're driving through Mississippi, Virginia, Florida, Georgia. If you're in England, you just pick it up because you get a, an ad because apparently that happens. Um, we have people that listen in Europe and uh, stuff because they get ads about SWAT radio. But uh, a new survey just came out. 43% of evangelicals say that Jesus was a good teacher but not God. Mm. 43% of the people surveyed under this survey. Um, 56% of American evangelicals, that's here in America, agree that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Judaism without Jesus, Islam without Jesus. In other words, he's not the Savior. He's Mm -hmm. not the Messiah. And that's gone up 14 points in two years. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw it. We were talking about it the other day. Pete Hegseth did a thing uh, on the news the other night where he was talking about the declining Christian subculture in America. Right. And uh, Well, wasn't it just a few years ago that 92% Mm-hmm. Of people, and maybe I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was it went from ninety two percent identifying at least as Christians doesn't mean as we know that they're all real believers, but ninety two percent at least identifying as Christians in, in the country going down to something like sixty five percent in a relatively short time. And you know that your point about about forty three percent saying they believe Jesus was a good teacher but not God and and another high percentage, fifty what, fifty three percent, saying they believe that God accepts the worship of these other quote unquote religions without that, that don't believe Jesus is who He says He is. It, it 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 goes to show what we always talk about that you have to know what the Scripture says. Mm, yeah, and of course God has to drive it home by His Spirit. God has to enlighten our hearts and 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 regenerate our hearts for us to be able to believe it but it's that it's that element of just well this sounds good so i believe it right yeah it sounds good that there's no hell oh it sounds good that yeah you know well as long as somebody is believes believes, something believes something and is worshiping their god it's like it reminds me of the old um there was a billboard up on us one right down there by 210 for years and years that would that said you know something like um, one God, many lights, or something like that, or one God, many paths, or something like that. And this idea that, you know, again, if, as long as you're zealous and as long as you believe something and it, it sounds reasonable and you're not hurting anyone, then, then, then that's good and you'll be okay. But if Jesus isn't God and was just a good teacher, then we're wasting our time. Yeah, well, yeah, and Jesus is either king and savior or he's not. He can't be a good man making the claim that he's the son of God and he's the only way to know God. And if he's just a good man, then everything that we believe about what he did on our behalf is worthless. Yeah, Jim Jim Dennison made this statement on his site. I thought it was interesting that the longer we avoid the light, the more our eyes adjust to the darkness. Mm. And isn't that true in our culture? Yeah. I, I really think that the church in America has become um, kind of like accustomed to the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to be light, but we want to be light within the four walls of a church building where the church is gathered. But really being a light out in the world is something almost foreign to us. Yeah. Unlike other countries, you've been to other countries where you see bold believers going out wherever they go they they always challenge me you know because they're just bold wherever they go mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, it, that should be the norm yeah not some anomaly yeah know? well we're dealing with you know it'd be interesting to well i think it has to have a huge impact everything we're dealing with right now with respect to political correctness and wokeness and and all of that um has to have had a major impact on people's, on whether or not people are being bold. Well, that's good. Well, you know? hey, I just got a text that they're taking Rachel's final x-rays, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, great. It means they've completed the surgery, which com- right. is awesome. So that's Praise awesome. God for that. We're going to take our first break and be back on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Doug McCary, thanks for being with us. And come back after the break. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you're with us. David Gray and Doug McCary coming to you live from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. And we are uh, grateful for our listeners, no matter where you're listening, uh, on WMOX or WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH, the Lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, locally here in Jacksonville on WTRJ, the Truth, which is Call sign 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And as always, you can listen uh, to us on the SWAT Radio app or at SWATradio.com. And on the SWATradio.com site especially, you can hear past broadcasts and see the recaps that our great site administrator, James, uh, puts out there. James Grimm. He James, is the man. James always does a great recap of the day's program and uh, sometimes he puts even photos up i yep. don't know where he gets them from yeah uh, and oftentimes I, I love you know he gets very clever with some of his and funny with some of his uh recap uh, <laughs> sentences so i always like reading those yeah he's got a good sense of humor so. but anyway doug i know you've been uh and, and brad and i when i was in for you last week and i know you guys have been continuing the uh overview of the first 16 flyover right of the first 16 uh, chapters of acts as we get back into regular weekly swat studies and and i think today we're up to chapter 12 right the overview of chapter 12 yes we are we've just kind of been walking through acts and uh, we finish up with 12 today and next week we're going to look at 13 14 15 and 16 again it's just a review because we kind of taken a break over the summer uh, before we jump back into Acts 17 and we start teaching again just reviewing and so we've been reviewing kind of the the gospel moving from Jerusalem to Rome as Luke records it you know Peter and the apostles were very instrumental in the first 12 chapters uh, and then 13 on through the rest of the book it's pretty much Paul and the church at Antioch and Paul and Barnabas and and in chapter 12, what we see is 
Uh, Peter is just recently led Cornelius to the Lord. I mean, well, he was used by God to be an instrument for the Lord to lead Cornelius uh, home, pretty much, to come into relationship with him. And and so there was a little bit of a fallout from that, like people saying, hey, this guy's a Gentile. And so they dealt with that. And, and then um, we go into chapter 12. And in chapter 12 starts off with Herod, the king, who killed James, the brother of John. He beheaded him. Mm. And the people like that so much, he goes, okay, I'm going to do it with Peter. So he throws Peter in jail. Now, I want to say this about the enemy. Uh, and by the enemy, I mean Satan and his demons. Uh, Satan is always trying to influence leaders, government leaders, kings, to fight against God's people. Like, even look in America. Okay, look at look at what has gone on. Would you ever have believed? Let's go back 30 years ago, Dave. Let's go back to... 1990, 1990, 32 years ago. It's hard to believe that's that long ago, right? Would you have believed in 1990 that Christians would have even been talked about? As we look at this, 
I want to remind people, I don't know what you're going through out there. I don't know what, what's happening in your life. If you feel persecuted, maybe you're not persecuted because you're preaching about Jesus. Um, maybe you just feel beat up on. Well, the same principle applies to you. Proverbs 21 says, in 2130, no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. I mean, that, that's a powerful verse for us as believers to hold on to because sometimes you feel like the world's against you and you go, you know, I, I, I'm doing everything right. And when I start to feel that way, like, man, I'm, I feel like my quiet time is good. My time with the Lord is good. I feel like I've been being obedient to him. Why am I going through this turmoil? I always think of Job, you know, and I just think that God shouts through his people mm. loudest when their faith is displayed in the midst of trouble or, or tra- you know, tragedy. And, you know, God calls us to trust that his power is uncontested and to rest in his strength. I think that's one of the primary messages of Acts 12 is that as we see Peter thrown into prison by Herod, who thinks that's going to make the people happy. Um, I, I asked this today at lunch SWAT when I was kind of talking about the SWAT today. I was talking about this. I said, you know, David, let's say you and Brad go to Afghanistan. God says, I want you all to go over there and be my witnesses. You go over there and you get off the plane and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're taken in and Brad's beheaded. And they throw you in jail for you're the next day. Mm. Are you going to sleep very well that night? <laughs> probably not. No, okay. Yeah. Being because honest, the, rea- because the reality sure. is you're going to be thinking about Kelly. You're going to think about your kids, your mm. grandkids. Peter was asleep in the jail after James died. Why? Because he was resting in the strength of the Lord. This is not Herod the Great. This is Herod Agrippa I. He was the grandson of Herod the Great. Mm-hmm. He was the nephew of Herod Antipas, who killed John the Baptist. And uh, there were four squads of cho- soldiers and and sentries there. And Peter is, remember the first time, Pete, back in Acts 5, when they were praying? Uh, they prayed for Peter. And, you know, Peter got, got out of it, right? But here, this is a different deal now. This is not the religious leaders. This is Herod. Right. This is the the Jewish king. Right. And um, I was just reminded of, uh, you know, what what God says in His Word in Romans eight. You know, we we know Romans eight. If God's for us, who can be against us? But what comes right after that? If He who did not spare His own Son gave Him up for us all, how will He not also? with him graciously give us all things. In other words, what he's saying is, do you think the God of all creation is blinded to anything evil that's trying to happen to you? Right. He's he's aware. And we are to rest in his strength because his power is uncontested. The question for us is, do we believe it? Right. Do we really believe yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, there's a great example of, I mean, you know, the old the old analogy of, okay, do you, do you trust that a chair is going to hold you? Well, what's the evidence that you trust? You sit in it, yeah. right? And then there's that whole trust game, right, where you fall back and you have to trust whether somebody's going to catch you or not. Peter sleeping, 
yeah. in the jail is certainly evidence that he believed God, yeah. right, and that he trusted. Because to your point earlier, you know, would I would I be sleeping well? Probably not. <laughs> um, but but if you can sleep in the face of that, knowing that, and Peter, of course, probably missed James already and felt felt bad for those left yeah, behind but, they, but they peter were, knew james was fine yeah they were close yeah you know, and they, I, I think it's interesting just as an aside i don't know if you can comment on this but just that luke here is so short and matter of fact about herod killing james yeah you know and james is one of the inner circle I know. right it's it's the sons of thunder and he just says he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. That's and, it. And that's it. Yeah. There's, there's no further Sometimes the Bible's just very, just the information, right? No yeah. no elaboration, but yeah. I guess the point was not to elaborate on that, but just to tell us what happened. He didn't, yeah, he didn't want that the, to be the point. Right, In right. In fact, the point of the story we see really is what's going on with Peter. So Peter's sleeping between two soldiers He's bound with two chains. That alone would make it hard for me to sleep, man. Right. Just thinking about being bound with two chains. Right. And then there were two sentries guarding the door. Uh, I mean, uh, guarding the prison. And so that night, he's got these soldiers in there, and he thinks he's having a vision like the three. You know, the sheet came mm, down the three right. visions of that. Right. And it says the angel woke him up. Told him to get dressed. He walked outside, and the door just opened of its own accord. Really, we know who was behind that. But then Peter realized this is not a dream. This is real. Yeah, it says the angel struck him on the side. How, yeah. how many of us have been slapped up the side of the head or on the side by an angel? Yeah, and the <laughs> next thing that happened, yeah. well, we don't have time. We're going to have to wait till we come back from the break. But... It's really an, a, a good teaching point for us, but you're going to have to come back after yeah. the break. Well, that's a good tease, Doug, yeah. to get us into the break. Yeah. You must have done this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a break for the news at the bottom of the hour here on SWAT Radio. Glad you're with us, David Gray and Doug McCary. Call us uh, if you have a question or comment at 844-777-7928, and we will be right back. to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary with you. And we are going through an overview of Acts chapter 12, Doug has and Brad. And, and when I've been in with Brad and Doug, we've been going over uh, the first 11 chapters of, of Acts so far as an overview um, as we get back into uh, SWAT Bible studies here in the fall and picking up with uh, Acts 17. So we're uh, Doug's reviewing here Acts 1 through 16 and Tomorrow is the first day of fall, like we said, I believe. So we are September twenty second. We are up and at them with uh, 
with uh, new new SWAT studies, and and always glad to be back with those and see all the guys that are involved. So yeah, tomorrow morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food at six thirty a.m. and then Friday down at the Village Inn, and tomorrow night on Zoom. Uh, if you want to get on that Zoom, you need to send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. Hey, shout out to the people in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMOX. There's a new station for us, so we're very glad. It's not new anymore. been on it for a month. So uh, also WMER there and the people up on the Lighthouse in Virginia. Hope everybody's doing well. And we're just going through this text on um, Chapter 12 as a review, but it's really a fascinating story about how – and it's I think it's very relevant for us now, Dave, because, um, you know – when we go through difficult times, when people are persecuting us, it's it's really easy for us to question the goodness of God. Mm. Uh, God doesn't promise us, contrary to some popular TV preachers, he doesn't promise us a life free of pain and suffering. And we forget, oh, how powerful he is. And when he sent an angel to help Peter... You know, I was thinking, I go immediately back to 2 Kings chapter 19, and 185,000 people from the Assyrians were struck down by one angel. Mm. Uh, I mean, like that, one angel. And when Jesus was in the garden, he said, I can call legions of Mm -hmm. angels. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about that. One angel can wipe out 100, I mean, Men are puny. Yeah. The greatest armies in the world are puny compared to God Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine the terror in people if they could see an angel even in its full glorified state, right? I think a lot of angels in the Bible appeared to people, and obviously people were afraid. <laughs> yes. Even even those who believed and loved God were afraid. And and we don't know that the angels in all their appearances were necessarily in their full glory, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and people were afraid. So what would it be if if like you said, one angel can strike down one hundred eighty five thousand Assyrians? If if an angel just appeared in its full glory, or as C.S. Lewis said, if we could see a glorified saint <laughs> in yeah. what we would look, what we're going to look like in heaven, an average person would be tempted to worship. Yes. That saint, which, you know, obviously Peter and John experienced and told people, don't do it. Yeah, well, you know, I think Erwin Lutzer talks about that in One Minute After You Die, which is a great book. It's Mm. a great little read. I highly encourage it. Erwin Lutzer, L-U-T-Z-E-R. Well, you know, I want to go back to the story because I think there's something funny in the story. So you, you got all these believers praying at Mary, the mother of John Mark. Because that's where the church was meeting there. And what are they praying for? Well, they're praying for Peter. And um, that's why Peter wanted to go there. They were praying for Peter. And so when he gets there and he knocks at the door, this servant girl came and she recognized Peter's voice. And in her joy, she goes back. to. T- she doesn't even answer the door. Have you ever had a moment like that? You go... You get so excited about something, you run away, and you 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 just like, wait a minute, I got to go back yeah. and do this. So <laughs> she runs away from the door to tell the people, "Oh my gosh, I just heard Peter's voice. He's at the door." And these people give this great godly response when they say, "You're out of your mind." 
<laughs> so what are the people praying for? They're praying for Peter, praying for his release because James had already been killed. And the servant girl comes back from the door and says, hey, he's at the door. And they go, you're out of your mind. Where's the faith there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't we pray like that a lot of times? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been guilty of that plenty of times. Pray, but not don't, you. Don't, don't, not you, David. Don't really expect that. Do I really expect that it's going to happen? Yeah, we pray, and we think, well, maybe God just might somehow see it clear to maybe think about doing this mm-hmm. for me. Maybe, mm-hmm. but we don't pray with a sense of expectancy, and. You know, she kept telling them, even though they said this, she kept trying to reason with them. And they kept saying, it's his angel. Well, first of all, it's not an angel. You don't turn into an angel. People right. say that. I know a lot of people out there think you turn into an angel mm-hmm. when you go to heaven. You don't. It says you will be like the angels, but you are not no. going to be an angel. No, no, no. I think we'll... From what the Bible says, we'll be able to recognize each other. And, yeah. You know, we, we will be us. We will be us in a glorified That's body, right. Paul yeah. says. Just like a fish has a different body than a human or a mammal, we will have a different body, a glorified body. But it says in verse 16 of chapter 12, Peter continued knocking. I think that's hilarious. He's just knocking at the door. Let me. He's a fugitive. Right. He's out of jail. Right. That's like something out of a... <laughs> keystone cops movie or something like that you know he's you know banging on the door trying to get in and they're all ignoring him that's pretty yeah he's sitting there knocking on the door and he said hey go tell james the brother of jesus and the brothers and then it says he left he got out of dodge why he's a fugitive but not Mm -hmm. really god freed him are you a fugitive if god frees you no he's free he now Herod didn't like it. Herod killed the soldiers who were supposed to be guarding him, which lets you know that it was a big deal. Yeah, it reminds me of the soldiers guarding the tomb of Jesus, right, that they were so afraid for their lives. It reminds me of the jailer when yeah. the when the earthquake came and Paul and Silas didn't stay. He was about to kill himself. These guys were – this was a big deal if somebody they were guarding yeah. disappeared. Yeah, it was a huge deal. And, you know, when you read about what happened after that, um, you don't really read about Peter anymore in Acts. It's all Paul. Hmm. This is a dividing point here. And, you know, the point of it, though, is God's people can call out to God in confidence because we're secure in his care. Care, I remember this verse in Joshua, David. Joshua 23, 14 says, not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised you. This is at the end of his life. Joshua was telling them, your shoes haven't worn out. He's provided for you. But, you know, we really struggle to have an attitude of gratitude. Mm. We are conditioned from the time we come into this earth to complain because you got this and I didn't get that. Mm. You get this. And that's the whole coveting thing, man. We are to be content. Paul says, I've learned to be content with a little or a lot. Right. And I've learned to walk where God wants me to. Well, at another place in Scripture, right, it talks about that's the source of all your your quarrels and a lot of your sin. Yeah. Is that you don't get, you know, what you covet. Yeah. Or that you covetous about your brother and 
and therefore you quarrel with them. Well, yeah, and James says even you get, you don't get because you ask wrongly. Yeah, you 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 have wrong motives. I mean, like, and so um, as God's people call out to Him and are resting in Him, we need to remember His plans are unstoppable. Think back. You know, um, well, we didn't go through the rest of it real quick. Let me finish the rest of the text because what happens is after that, after Herod kills the guys, it just randomly Luke goes to this, not randomly, but he goes to this place where he he says um, that Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. I think Herod was angry a lot with a lot of people, but... Specifically, he was angry with the people, and they were asking for peace. And so he gives this speech, and they're, you know, they're just praising him. He's a god. He's not a man, and he takes that glory on himself. And even though he's not a believer, even though he, you know, he's he's living his own world as maybe a son of Satan. God still has very little patience for that, even though he's a merciful God. Mm. When you start taking his glory, and it says that an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he accepted the crowd's praises when they called him divine. That's a scary place to be. Mm. Uh, when you start taking the glory that's meant for God, and um, he was eaten by worms. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. I have a note here in the MacArthur Study Bible that says, and again, this is not scripture, but according to Josephus, he endured terrible pain for five days before he died, Herod. So that must have had to do with how he was dying, the oh, worms I, I, and, yeah, and all I don't, of that. I don't think it yeah. was a pleasant death yeah. experience. Yeah. The other thing this reminds me of is, you know, when we were in Israel, and we were looking at a lot of the things that Herod the Great built. And, you know, on the next to last day, we were in Jerusalem, right, and we spent time at the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, which is the traditional site of where Jesus' tomb is. And then we went to the Garden Tomb, which I actually liked better, (laughs) because that really really gave you a sense of what the tomb was probably like. But either way, the point was you, you were talking about all the people the crush of people there to visit those sites because it's Jesus. And then all the glory Herod tried to get for himself. But when we went up to Herodium, um, nobody was up there. There was nobody at Herod's tomb and Herod's tomb is just kind of, you know, it's fallen apart a little bit and it's crumbled. Well, you know, you understand that. But the point that all the things he, all the ways he tried to gain glory for himself through his building and his greatness and didn't amount to anything in the end. And yet, of course, Jesus' legacy we know because he's the truth and he is who he says he is. But that reminds me of that's his, a good, that was the a grandson good, here. Yeah, but. that's a good uh, thing to remember. Anyway, we're going to take a break here, our last break of the day. We'll come back and finish our, our review here of Acts chapter 12, and we're glad you're with us. Come back after and the break. any comments or calls? Yeah, call please in. call us. Yeah, 844-777-7928. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. 
You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary with you in our last segment today, and we are wrapping up our overview of acts chapter 12 and uh doug you're gonna have a guest tomorrow i assume yeah i'm yeah. trying well i'm replaying because i'm gonna be with all my right sure there sure so we're either gonna be replaying the interview with john bowers of proclaim or the interview of rick arnold who is a missionary with pioneers both of them great interviews so i hope people will tune in uh, really John John has been a mentor and a great guy. He went to Israel with I don't know if he was on your trip, was he? Was he on your trip? I don't think so. But John so. is uh he's a guy, he's a Paul like guy and uh does a lot of evangelism in Europe using music, uh jazz music, and uh he has a ministry called Proclaim International. And uh, I'm trying to get that on. If that doesn't work, I'm gonna have Rick Arnold's interview. Um and Rick is a guy who served among Muslim for 25 mm. years, a lot of years with no converts, but a lot of hard work. So I just think of both these guys in terms of acts, they're acts kind of guys. Right. So they're going to be the guests tomorrow. And then either, I know Brad will be back on uh, Friday for the discipleship. You may or may not be here. I'm hoping to Brad and I are planning to be on fairly regularly on Friday, but I've got a unexpected trip I've got to take on Friday. So I'm not quite sure yet if I'm going to be here, but. Well, hopefully, somebody somebody yeah. eminently qualified. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> we'll be here with Brad. Hey, I want to I want to finish up with this thing. You know, we said Herod died. <laughs> I think it's just very fascinating that at the beginning of the chapter, Herod's on the rampage. He's arresting and persecuting Christians. He's killing Christians, killing James. And um, at the end, he's killed. Hmm. And I, I just find that fascinating. That's how Luke ends that. And so the the chapter opens with James dead, Peter in prison, and Herod triumphing. But it ends with Herod dead, Peter free, and the word of God triumphing. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's actually a phrase that's kind of like the, I call it the, uh, it's the signal that we're moving to another part of the story. It's six times in Acts this phrase is used or, or something similar. The word of God increased and multiplied. 
the church increased and multiplied. But chapter uh, 12, verse 24 says that, and it says that Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. And so James is taken off the scene, and God raises up young John Mark, who will eventually give us the gospel of Mark. Mm, yeah. So You know, when you mentioned that about Herod, at the beginning of the chapter, the difference between what was going on with Herod and what happens to him at the end. There's a couple things that come to mind, but I think of I think it's Psalm 73, right, where David David seems to, for lack of a better way to put it, complain to God, yeah, about why is it that the wicked it's seem not to, David, it's Asaph. Sorry, it's Asaph. Asaph. Why why is it but the, good good good? Yeah, but I mean I I go there too because yeah. David wrote so many, but it's Asaph okay. actually. Why is it that the wicked seem to prosper, and why is it that evil seems to? triumph and yet as in all the psalms right yeah the, the author i'll just say the author how's that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the author that, always comes back to the truth that in the end god god triumphs yeah right um and and of course the psalm that talks about you know why do the nations rage against god right and, and god scoffs and laughs and there is footstool mm-hmm. this idea that you know and you mentioned the book by Lutzer, one minute after you die, you you wonder, what does somebody like Herod experience the moment he dies? Right, one minute after he dies, when he's when he's thinking, just like Paul. If Paul would have been, we all are in the same boat. If God doesn't regenerate us, but Paul giving his approval to the kill Saul early in Acts, giving his approval to the killing of Stephen and other Christians, mm-hmm. thinking that he's doing God a favor. Right, and and the Bible talks about that too. There'll be people that think they're doing the right thing toward God, yeah. And here's Herod thinking he's doing it. You know, I don't know if he thought he was doing the right thing toward God, but he certainly thought he was doing the right thing toward the people mm-hmm. because it, or for the right thing for him because it pleased the people. And then, in in the blink of an eye, really, right? Yeah, you know, he's he's gone. He he is, and you know, you think about James. You know, why do we pray? And I thought about this when my daughter Rachel was getting her heart transplant. You know, she was on the floor with some other kids, and we got to know. The, you know, the heart families got to know each other, all the kids struggling with the heart disease. And, you know, one kid would get a heart and reject it and die, and another kid would get it and live. And it's the same way with why does God allow, you know, these men over on the shores of, you know, I think it was Tripoli or over the shores of, you know, over in um, where Gaddafi was. Was it Libya? Libya. Yeah, you yeah. know, where those men were beheaded. Yet you and I get to walk around and proclaim Jesus here mm. free um, without the fear of that necessarily yet, you know. But this, this story re- reminds us that, you know, it's God's plan. It's his plan. It's not our plan. And, you know, as one disciple finishes the race here, James, God raises John Mark up in his place. And as the gospel goes forth, some people are going to die. Some people are going to be persecuted more than others, but others may be spared. God's in control. It's his plan. And as we walk through his plan, we need to keep our eyes fixed on him 
so that we display to the world around us a faith and a hope that is reflective of true belief in the king. Mm. If we really believe he's king, do you really believe he killed 185,000 people over in Second Kings, you know, in that story? Uh, I do. Do you really believe that uh, he can deliver you from anything if he chooses to? I do. Yeah. Um, you know, if we do, it's like you you will show it in your life. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's what you do. Yeah. And I think we have a hard time with that in our country, you know, David, yep. to be honest. Yep. I think about when you say all that, I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire for not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And when they said to him, you know, if you don't, we're going to throw you in and we'll see if your God will deliver you, right? And they say, well, we know he can deliver us. Mm-hmm. But even if he chooses not to, we're not going to bow down because the point is, and this is where it gets hard, and I'm not saying this is easy because I know for yeah. me it's not. The point is he's delivered us already. Yes. The abundant life that Jesus said he came to give, yes, is in part here now because we have all the blessings of being in Christ. But the abundant life really is coming, yeah. right, in, in, in eternity and in the kingdom of heaven with God and with Jesus when there'll be no more death and no more pain and no more suffering. So we're already delivered into that. It's it's the already and the not yet that we've talked about before. Yeah, that's the way we live. Right? Yeah. We live in between. The, 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 exactly. The, the, and so when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that, they said, yeah, well, God can deliver us. And, 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 and he did deliver them from that difficulty of the fire. It was more than a difficulty. He delivered them from the furnace. Yeah. But their point was, even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down because we know he's got us. And even if we die, we're with him. And that's the part where it gets harder, right, for us to really get our minds around that and hold on to that. And and I think, you know, you see so many stories through history of people being martyred or people dying or even just normal deaths where people are mature believers and they're able to go so peacefully and with so much faith and, and confidence. Yeah. And that that comes from spending time with God. And being changed by God. Yeah. Well, you know, some of us really need a better connection with the source, God. And when we do, guess what? Um, Faith grows and your prayer becomes more authentic and more uh, selfless in your prayer. Mm -hmm. You want what God wants. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing about, you know, it says in Acts, or not Acts, John 15... That if we abide in him and he abides in us and we can ask whatever we want right? and he'll grant it. Why is that? Well, because when you're abiding in him, you're walking with him, you want what he wants. Right. That's why you can ask. If you ask what God wants, guess what? You're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. 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 Uh, you know, it takes a while to of growing in faith and understanding to understand what those things mean. Because when you're younger, you do sometimes think. Oh, well, okay. I can ask that, you know, I get this job or I, I, and we can, but it, but the answer might be no. (laughs) Yeah. But that's where, unfortunately, in our country and in other countries too now, 
this prosperity right. gospel garbage has really tainted a lot of people. It has. And, um, yep. you know, maybe on Friday uh, people can call in and talk about that because, um, you know, this whole idea of um, asking God, he's not a good luck charm God. I right. mean, he's not something you just, you know, hope, okay, maybe this will work out. That's what a good luck charm is. You know, people really rub their good luck charm when they hope something works out with him we can be assured if we're walking with him if we're in the word if we are sensing his presence and being led by his spirit i i well david you know how many stories i can share just of his unbelievable provision yeah uh yeah. he's never late but he's rarely early yeah yep well, I think about, especially in the Old Testament, all the times God told the people to set up monuments as reminders of what God's done for them. I think about crossing the Jordan, right? And they piled up the stones, you know, when they were coming into the promised land. And and I think now being a bit older and having the retrospect, we can we can look back and see, look at all the things God has done for us and be reminded of that and then use that to... to help increase our faith right as we go forward yeah. that he has never abandoned us or let us down and he's always provided so he has hey tomorrow you will hear an interview with a very paul-like person either john bowers or uh our our brother rick um who will uh be he, he has been a missionary over to muslims for a long time so either one of those will be great yep. so and doug glad to hear it sounds like that rachel is coming yep. out of surgery and that things are good so very glad yeah, thankful so, for that yeah anyway thanks to everyone for listening glad you've been with us and tune back in tomorrow we'll see you soon bye If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual